Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This year, we're releasing a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time. It's called The Rhythm of Us. It releases November 9th and is available now for pre-order wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. Well, it's always a good day when we get to spend some time with our friend Trisha Lott Williford. Trisha is one of our favorite writers and storytellers, and we're so grateful to welcome her back to the show to chat about a practice that has changed her life. Trisha shares how she made her way back to the pages of Scripture after the sudden, devastating loss of her husband just two days before Christmas. Trisha unpacks what the Bible has to say about who we are, where we find ourselves, and the faithful God who can always be found in the midst of it. This is going to be such a great conversation, but just as a reminder for you guys, the book, The Rhythm of Us, this is the last week to get your pre-order freebies, so head to wherever you get your books, snag your copy, and then head over to therhythmofus.com to claim your freebies. All right, well, let's dive into today's conversation. Here's Trisha. Well, Trisha, welcome back to the show. We're so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. I love me some gravies, so I'm so glad to hang out with you guys this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's so good to have you back. We've been really, really looking forward to this too. So thank you for joining us. Okay, so what number is this book? I mean, you're just, you know, you're the world-renowned author. Four, five, four? Five. This is number five. Mm -hmm. Five. Yeah. Big time. Well, you know, there's, (laughs) I still keep writing them, but there's still a part of me that feels like, you know what? Somebody's going to discover the gig is up. Like, I'm, someone's going to discover that I'm just having fun with this, and someone's going to blow the imposter syndrome whistle, and I'm going to be out. Well, until they do that, let's just keep having you on our show. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I just, you know, I'm pouring everything I have into all of them. And so, yes, this is number five. Yes. That, that I think that's the best posture to take. That's so wonderful. Thank you. It's the only posture I know. So <laughs> we're, Absolutely. we're just going to keep doing it. Keep doing it as hard as I can. Yeah. So we are going to jump into the fifth book here in a little bit. And it's called This Book is for You. Um, but before we do that, I just want to go back a little bit to the little Trisha and ask, is this what she envisioned your life would look like? And did it turn out the way that you think she would have loved? Oh, what a fun question, Jenny. <laughs> what a fun question. You know what? I was a I was born a teacher. I wanted to teach. I want I that was my plan all along from first and second grade on. I was watching and studying every teacher. Um, what are they doing that I like? What are they doing that I don't like? How am I gonna set up my classroom? What shoes should I wear so that I have a commanding presence when I walk down the hallway and you can hear the high heels, you know? Like I'm I was thinking it through. And at the same time, I was I mean, I was collecting books like crazy, reading them as fast as I could, and once I realized that people write them, I wanted in on that. Mm. And so when I was married to my first husband, he had this joke. I was a teacher then, and I was blogging during our kids' nap times. And he used to say, "Um, you know what? She someday is going to be an author, and I'm going to retire early. And then the crazy thing is that he 
died very suddenly 10 years ago and he's kind of enjoying an early retirement and he was just he was 35 when he died and you know what you guys i mean we're just going to jump deep in and that is the fact that i have it's a it's not a theology like that's maybe a little too too firm of a word but it's definitely a theory that i continue to test and i have this theory almost a theology that when when you lose someone that you love they arrive in heaven and i think that jesus says oh my goodness i'm so glad you're here here is your table let's have dinner let me show you your home and now um do you want to be part of a miracle mm-hmm. and i think that the miracle has to be I, th- I think there's two rules and it has to be for someone that you love and it has to be something that they can't do for themselves And I like to imagine that when my first husband arrived in heaven, that Jesus got him all set up and then said, what do you want to do? And I think he said, make her an author, make her an author, because that was, that was collectively our dream for me. Um, And I always wanted that a teacher by trade, but a writer by love. And it was something that I just thought, you know, I'll just keep after it. Kind of like what I just said to you, you know, I'm just going to keep chasing it down and hopefully get better and better at this craft. But there's a whole lot of favor and effectiveness that only comes with blessing and timing and luck. But I like to imagine that my first husband had just a little bit to do with that. I love that. That's oh, so thank beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive in. The title of this book is this book is for you. So <laughs> I love that title, but unpack it for us. What is this all about? So I, I love the title of this book because ultimately this book is for anyone who has ever wanted to love the Bible. It's for anyone who has ever wanted to wanted to love the Bible but felt like, oh man, I, I should have learned this a long time ago. Uh, we're, we're now past the point where I can ask any questions about it because everybody thinks I know the answers. And so there's no safe place for me to ask anymore. Or people who think, you know, I feel like I seems like a good book. It seems like what other people enjoy. It seems like people who are good people seem to read this. It's on their bookshelf. I just don't even know where to begin. Why are there so many books called John? Why does Psalms begin with a P? Like, well, I don't even know where to start. And how do I know what to read today? How do I know what to do with this? This is a really big book. Who are all these authors? Do I start at the beginning? Do I start at the end? Do I start in the middle? What is this? And I discovered from having grown up in the church and having a whole lot of exposure to the Bible, but also feeling like, you know, there was a time when I loved it, but maybe, I don't know, how do I, how do I get back to it? Is it really for me? And I found in my own journey of, especially after losing my husband, that I didn't then know what to do with the Bible. I didn't know how to talk to this God who had allowed this worst of all worst things to happen to my family. And I didn't know how I couldn't, I didn't feel like I wanted to start with the Old Testament because it was felt like such an angry God who was walking around punishing people who had broken the rules and who had not been faithful to him. And that made me feel like, did I do something wrong? Is it my fault that my husband died? But I also wasn't that interested in the New Testament. It seemed like a hard thing to get into because here's this loving, gracious Jesus who's walking around giving miracles to anybody who had enough faith. Mm. And it felt like, I don't know what to do with either of those. It all feels like too little, too late and kind of too much too soon. And I don't know what to do with it. And and yet I still felt so drawn to the Bible because where else was I going to go? Facebook and Instagram were not cutting it. 
And I, novels were too complex for me to understand in that trauma, traumatic place of my brain needing very real structure to my days and guidance for my thoughts. And so I went to Starbucks and I took my Bible and I took my journal and I took some pens and I started copying the Psalms. I started kind of right in the middle of the Bible at the beginning of the Psalms. And I just started borrowing words from the psalmists until I could find my words again. And sometimes I, I used their words straight up. I just copied them. And sometimes they gave me a voice and an inspiration to be able to say some of the questions that I had to speak those things. And what I discovered in that process was that every single emotion is covered in the book of Psalms. Every emotion is addressed and represented. And I thought, wow, okay, if those emotions made the cut into the final manuscript and the canonization of the Bible, if, if those things made the cut, specifically like Psalm 88, which is just pure sadness, it is pure despair. And there is no, but I will glorify the name of the Lord, but he reigns forever. His love endures forever. It is, there isn't any of that. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I wish I were dead. My pillow is soaked with tears. I don't want to do this anymore. Can we wrap this thing up? I don't want to do it. And that was exactly how I felt. And when I realized, wow, okay, so it's okay for me to feel how I'm feeling. It's okay for me to ask the questions I need to ask. Then I might be interested in getting to know this Jesus again. And that's when I discovered that this book and these words could be the lifeline. And that that was the heartbeat behind writing a book that says to people, you know what? This book is for you. It is for you. And the, the, the title has multiple meanings. First of all, yes, this book is for you. It's for you to read. But also, it is for you, not against you. And that that's the heart of the title and the heartbeat of the genesis of the book, so to speak, um, of how, how it came to be born in my life and how I want to share it with others. Love it. Well, the deep question I have is, why does Psalms start with a P? You know, it is a it's a great question. That's just, on my list. That's I'm, on my list no, of things. <laughs> no, that was question. so good. I love it. I know I love it. It's, thank you so much for sharing that with us. So, one of the things I was thinking about, you know, you talked about losing your first husband and when we had you on a couple years ago, you shared kind of in depth that journey, but for anybody who's new to your story and just listening today, can you just give a brief overview of what you walked through and why it left you kind of reeling and not able to open up the Bible right away. Sure. Yes. Um, we were scooting along through life and living our best lives together. And we'd been married for 10 years. We had two little boys. We had the the jobs and the house and the dog and the minivan and all the things that you're supposed to want in your 20s and, uh, and early 30s. And um, all of a sudden we hit a giant crisis. Um, Rob was sick for just 12 hours. They thought he had the flu and they sent us home from the hospital and they said, he won't die from this, but he's going to feel like it. And they were incorrect. Um, he actually had a, an infection in his bloodstream that attacked his heart, attacked his lungs. And he died the next morning and it was two days before Christmas. And it was just him and me. He died before the paramedics could get there. Um, I was 31, and we had, I mean, our boys were five and three, and so suddenly I was this widowed single mom of two preschoolers, 
And the bottom just fell out of my world. The bottom just fell out of my world. And I'll tell you what, that is, deconstruction is kind of a hot word right now of the thing, the times that we need to deconstruct what, what we thought was true when it bumps against a reality that is actually true. And um, what I thought was true is that the reason I had a life that I was enjoying so much was because I had been so obedient. I thought I had followed all the rules, followed all the rules and done all the all the church stuff that you're supposed to do in youth group and college and all those things that prove from the outside that you love Jesus and that you're doing the right thing. And so I thought, well, I did all of those things. And so God get, has given me everything I asked for. And then to have it fall to pieces like a house of cards. Uh, it was the earthquake of all earthquakes and caused a, it was a, it really was, I thought it was an algorithm of favor and faithfulness when really it was a recipe for a great unraveling. And so I didn't know how to, how do I talk to this God? I thought that I did my part and now you didn't do yours. And I thought I had put God in a neat and tidy box and I discovered he never needed a box at all. And I was the one living inside a neat and tidy place where all of my questions were answered and I could offer those answers to everybody else because I've figured it out. And that was not the case. It turns out the board was cleared and I had a lot of questions. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We'll get back to the show in a minute. But real quick. I just wanted to remind you to pre-order a copy or two or three of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm sure walking through a tragedy like that, that, you know, I mean, you walked through something that is a lot of people's greatest nightmare and came out on the other side somehow able to muster up the courage to sit down in front of this book Mm. and open it up and not just read it, but believe again that it is for you. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit for anybody who's listening, who's there in that place of, you talk about the once agains in the book, maybe they're, they're one of those that at one time really believed that God's word was for them and, and felt it come alive to them. Um, but now they're in a place where maybe they've walked through tragedy. Maybe they've walked through a season of complacency. Whatever it is, it's left them unable to open up that word and have it jump off the page. Talk to that person who's listening and where do they begin to try and come to God's word with that perspective again? I feel like even before we dive into the pages on a personal level, it begins with a prayer. And it begins with saying, Holy Spirit, I believe that you, I want to believe. Sometimes it just starts with, I want to want to. And that honesty of saying, you know what? This used to bring answers for me. I want there, I want to go there again. Or I used to be able to find you here. I want to find you again. Um, And so even before that, um, even before the diving in, to be able to pray about it and to pray over it and to say, can you show me where to be? Can you show me what to do? And if you're not sure where to start, whether you are a once again, as I mentioned, someone who used to love it and wants to love it again, or whether you're like, you know what? It's time. I'm this age and I need to figure this thing out. I need to know where to begin. If you're opening it for the very first time, don't start with Genesis. 
there's there's a lot of good truth and a lot of good history and so much of the foundation of our faith happens in Genesis and Exodus but before long you're in Leviticus and Numbers and those read like a contract because they were they were a contract so maybe don't start there but i would recommend that you start with the book of john because that's where jesus is at his finest and god sent jesus to us so that we could see what he was really like see what god was really like and he walked among us Loving people like crazy, loving people like crazy and feeling their emotions with them and entering their homes and eating with them and feeling sad with them over the things that broke their hearts and feeling hungry and feeling tired and doing life with a whole. His disciples were a lot of teenage young men who were all arguing over who was his favorite. I mean, come on, that's happening in my house every single day. And (laughs) (laughs) so I, I, that's what I would say is to start with the book of John because you can fall in love with the Jesus in those pages for sure. Love it. Well, as you know, as you know, we're all about healthy rhythms here, thriving Mm -hmm. rhythms, ultimately pointing us towards Jesus. So this idea of the rhythm of falling in love with God's word, reading his word, what are some practical steps daily that someone could find themselves where they could get in that flow and kind of get in that rhythm of, of jumping into the word and practicing that? One of the things that, and I I did write about this kind of vulnerably in the book, there was a time in my life when I didn't have any time. Um, (laughs) I just didn't have any time, especially, I mean, you guys know that those first five years with littles um, or more than one, I mean, you can't, you can't go to the bathroom by yourself. Uh There's someone always asking and wanting and needing and it's hard. It is hard. And so um, there are different reasons why people might feel like they can't begin this practice. Um, and it may be because you're like, I, I can't. I, I got I got a million kids. I can't do this. Or it may be, you know what? I am navigating this whole situation with launching a business or I'm our marriage is in trouble right now. I do, I do not have time for this. Or my kids are on Zoom all the time for, for all of their schooling. I mean, there will always be a reason. There will always be a reason why we're so busy. And sometimes it's really real, very real reasons. And sometimes we're just kind of delaying the things that we should be doing. So here is what was my practice then, and it is my practice now. And that is I only read for five minutes a day. I only read for five minutes a day. And I would dive into one book, not just open it up and randomly let my finger choose wherever because we can, I've seen people do that and where you just let the Bible fall open and you just pick wherever you're, whatever, wherever my finger lands today, that's going to be the answer. Well, then it ends up on a verse that says something like a man should not trim his beard. And we, (laughs) we end up on something totally like, well, what does that mean actually? And we end up right confused about something like that when it's taken out of context. So I, I would choose one book that I'm studying and I would read it, read for five minutes, and I would write down the verse that stayed with me, the verse that I had more questions about, the verse that had encouraged me, the verse that had spoken to my heart or answered a question or gave me another question. And I'd write it on a three by five card. And I would stick it in my pocket, stick it in the diaper bag, stick it in the glove compartment, stick it where just in a place where it's going to travel with me throughout the day. And one of the things that I discovered is that when I felt like I was losing time all day long, where did all the time go? I don't know how, how, how do people fit more things into their day? When I had, you don't have to carry the entire Bible with you all the time, but when you carry a piece of it, 
on this card that fits in your pocket or your wallet or your purse, you discover, oh, you know what? I'm waiting in line at the post office. I have time right now. I'm waiting in line at the grocery store. I'm sitting in the waiting room at the dentist. This is a really long traffic jam. What I discovered is a whole lot of found time during the day that could center my thoughts and anchor my spirit just a few minutes at a time with something that had started with just five minutes in the morning or even five minutes at night. A lot of people will tell you it's supposed to be a morning practice, but a lot of people are night people, and that's the time when their minds come alive, and we're invited to read, thankfully, any time of the day. So to have just that five-minute chunk of time and to take that truth from it and carry it throughout my day literally and physically in my pocket turned it into something that I could get my thoughts in the right place and even have worship in the middle of a busy day. Yeah, I could not agree with that more. I remember as a very young mom with lots of littles, you know, especially if you've just had a baby, you know, you can feel so much condemnation about not getting up and having that sacred morning hour. But that is just not a physical reality when you're up all night with a baby, you know, and that was, you know, we have five kids pretty close Mm -hmm. together. So that was a lot of our life, almost a decade for me between all the babies. So I'm so glad you said that there's not a special anointing on a time of day whenever you can grab those moments. I love that. And I love the note card idea. That's so good. I feel like a lot of those gaps in our day, we just reach for our phone. That's just our instinctive. And we don't realize how much that time adds up. And if we could fill that time instead with God's word, what transformation that would bring in our life. I think that's such a good rhythm. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to ask, what is one thing that you hope people put this book down and take with them after reading it? One thing that I hope that people will take with them is the awareness that that this book is for you. I mean, really, I hope that they will. I hope that my book will draw them to a much more important book. I hope that it will um, guide them towards something that is far more important. Um, And I hope that they will feel God trying to get their attention. Um, because if they're listening to this right now, or if they're, they are even remotely intrigued by the conversation that we're having or something that they found even online while they were stuck in a traffic jam, like whatever it is, God is always in communication with us. And when he's pricking our hearts and trying to get our attention, we need to listen. We need to listen to that. And I say that not because my book has any special power or anointing over it, but because God has shown us that he can use anything, including absolute drivel, to get our attention. And so I hope, my hope is that the readers, they will feel God whispering to them, that they will feel God saying, this is for you. I'm talking to you right now. This isn't for someone else. This is for you. I love it. Well, I hope people will pick up the book. It's wonderful. Trisha is such an incredible storyteller. You will love every single word of it. So I hope people grab it. It's a great, great read for sure. I just know that when you say words like dribble, it's, <laughs> it's an author. That's got you too. You too. I'm like, I need you to slow down for me. There's a big words we're using here. So if you listen out there and you're with me. You're not alone. Just look up the word dribble. I'm just Googling over here going, I can't keep up. What are they saying? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, guys, go get this book. Go get this. It's amazing. Support Trisha and what they're doing and and really be impacted by this message and this project. But before you guys go do that, we're going to hear from Trisha with the three questions that we ask every single time. Trisha, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. 
Here is we that go. the first question? I need, I need like, <laughs> yeah, well, three and a half. We'll okay. Let that be the half. Yes. Okay. Uh, first question is, what is a book that's changed your life? Besides the Bible. Aside from the Bible, um, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. That's one of my favorite books of all time. It, it really is. And mine too. I can't get yeah. enough of it. I cannot I've, get enough I've of it. I've given it to almost every person I know. It's so good. Right? I loved it. Yeah. I, yeah. I write in it. I, I mark it all up. I dog ear it. I tag it. It gets like the pages get thick with like whatever I was eating and drinking while I was reading it. Like, And, and I just have to keep buying it because I keep giving it away. I yeah. love that book. It just brings okay. spiritual disciplines into real rhythms of our lives. And it, that that book transformed me. For sure. It's so good. I love that he says it's Dallas Willard for dummies. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I've tried to read Spirit of Disciplines and all of those. And I'm like, oh, I just keep coming back to this one. It's so mm -hmm. good and so practical. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's a great one. Love it. Okay. Second question is what's a habit that's changed your life? Okay. A habit that has changed my life is being quiet. Mm, I love that. Whether that is just turning off the stuff in the car or sitting outside for a few minutes when I drink my coffee in the morning or going for a bike ride and not listening to something on my on my phone while I'm riding, um, it has given my spirit space to breathe. And I read recently that when we are awake, we are um, thinking and receiving. And, and when we are resting our minds, we are sorting that information. And that we are thinking even when we're not working at thinking. And so letting my brain have that inhale so that I can exhale throughout the rest of my day um, and meet all the needs of other people. That habit has, I don't want to make it sound like it's some profound lotus position meditation that I'm in every day. But really, it's just like allowing myself just a minute to be like, this, this is enough. This mm -hmm. is enough. I love that. I feel like we should just sit in silence for the next five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I'm game. Have a rhythm of quiet. Everyone, yeah. Rhythm and shut it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's illegal. Okay. Third and final question. Jenny talked about the little Trisha, the younger Trisha. What advice would you give to her? Mm. Oh, man. That's really good. I would say be all in. Be all in for all the things. Be all in. Love like it matters. Love like you might lose it. And be all in with your heart, mind, body, and soul. Both hands. Be where your feet are. Be totally present. And be all in. I love that so much. Done. Let's drop the mic. <laughs> all right. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, stalk you, get the book, all that stuff? Yeah, all that stuff. My name is Trisha Lott Williford. And really, if you Google any version of that, you will find my books and blogs. Um, I am also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Audible. And I have a podcast of my own with my brother, Rob, and it's called Let's Talk Soon. And that's the space where we, he and I hang out to talk about the things we are reading about, writing about, thinking about, and speaking up about. So there's lots of avenues to find me out there. And I'd really like to find you guys too. Awesome. We will link to all of that in the show notes so people can come and find you. And I hope they'll pick up a copy of This Book is For You. It's so wonderful. Trisha, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, you guys. You're the best. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Rhythm of Us. You can find all the resources and links mentioned in today's episode over at our website, therhythmofus.com. 
We hope you'll check those out, as well as our new book, The Rhythm of Us, which is available for pre-order now wherever you like to get your books. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us, friends. Until next time.